Well, this is where Mark would say, if you have your Bibles, you can open them to Colossians 3. I'm going to read verses 12 through 15. Or you can just look on the screen. That's what I do. (laughs) Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. It's the word of God this day for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want you to pray with me for a moment. How good it is, Lord, to gather in your name, to come into your sanctuary and feel your presence in the music, in the words, in the mission and the smiles and the hugs and the fellowship to know that we have come to sanctuary. We have come to be fed, Lord, that we might truly be your people in the world. We pray indeed this day for your church wherever it is, whatever denomination, whatever faith tradition, whatever culture, Bless all those this day who lift holy hands to you in praise and thanksgiving, committing themselves to service. So, Lord, we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture, and we have come this day hungry. You have fed us abundantly, and now as we open your word, we pray that you would give us the spirit ears to hear the word you have for us, to open our hearts to the call that you are making on us individually, that each of us may know the role we play so that we may truly be light and hope that we might be your ambassadors, your emissaries, your witness in this world, So bless us as we look at your word this day. For it is in your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, I can't tell you what a blessing it is for me to get to stand here today. Uh, It has been a while. uh, But I just want to take a moment of personal privilege here and tell you about this church about 40 years ago. I will tell you, when we joined, our Kirk was three or four years old, and he called it the church with the long trails, and it does have some hallways. (laughs) When we first came, this pulpit was over there, and there was a big partition across here, and behind there is where we did all our communion, set it all up, cleaned it all up, had our decorations, Uh, anything we were going to put on the altar hidden back there 
Um, the choir was over there, and there were no risers. The, pulp, the uh, altar table was all the way to the back, right under that cross. We have some interesting stories that we could tell over the years <laughs> about the placement of everything up here. Um, I will tell you that uh, we now have um, a prayer, the, where the prayer room used to be um, is where the media room is now. It used to be the Gleaners Sunday School class. That was a very old group of ladies. And um, we met in there on certain days to have a prayer. And um, that is when I discovered the true power of prayer. Just like I discovered uh, how much Holy Communion meant to me when I was preparing communion for the church. Um, now I, am part, I uh, am part of the lay Eucharistic ministry which takes communion to people who can't get here. So if any of you want to know about that, you need to ask me. Um, and if you want to know about our prayer team, I'm also on that, so you just ask me to be a part of uh, to when we meet and all that. I wanted to tell you these um, kneeling rails that were at the front of the altar. They've been there for a very long time, and one of them was the one I made all those years ago. And then we dedicated them to this sanctuary. So, lots of history goes here for Jackie and me. In that prayer room in 1982, I received a, a spiritual healing, a true miracle. A mother's heart, just with a big hole in it. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And little by little, that got filled in with a mother's love. And a few weeks after that, Donald Webb, president of Centenary College, was preaching here in the pulpit right over there. And he was preaching on miracles. And he just asked if there was anyone in the congregation that day that had had a miracle. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> when something that dramatic and wonderful has happened to you, I stood right up. Miss Ruby Alford was sitting there with my T. Kirk, and she held on to him. And I walked right up to that pulpit, and I told the whole story. It was my testimony. And then I would tell you that Jackie uh, taught in the men's Bible class on occasion. And there was a Sunday morning that he had prepared a lesson for that. And he went into that men's Bible class. It was full of old World War II and Korean veterans. They were military men. They had, uh, they had been where he had been. And so even though he had a prepared lesson, he told his story. He talked about the night he was hit and about how the angels that came to him in that time through the helicopter pilots and the Red Cross women and me. And from that time on, he was able to talk about 12 years we had been married, he had never mentioned what happened to him in Vietnam. But because of that group of men and that moment, he was able to open up. I could tell you many stories of people and events and happenings that have bonded us to this church. But what I just want you to know is that we love both.
Bossier United Methodist Church. And it is where our, we feel at home here. Even though we've been gone 20 something years, the core values are still here. It is still a sanctuary with um, supporting people and um, loving, caring families and lots of good fellowship and lots of good mission work going on. And I am delighted that I'm getting to speak from my home church today. And I'm also very, very delighted to represent the United Women in Faith. I had to practice that myself. <laughs> uh, because I was a member of the UMW for many, many years, have a, have a lot of pins, not nearly as many as Loretta, if you've looked at her pin thing. But I have several pins, lifetime pins. My mother was very strong in the WSCS, and my grandmother was in the Women's Missionary Society. So hey, we have been Methodist women working in faith for God for uh, as long as it goes back. As long as Methodism goes back, women have advocated for women and children. Uh, the truth is, the reading program that the United Women in Faith have is, uh, is one of the best ever. In fact, if you used that reading program, you would be the best informed person in the church. Um, the work that they do on a national level and on international, and then you saw in the local church, so much good comes out of the United Women in Faith. And so I, I'm thrilled to be able to be here and uh, speak to you today on their behalf. Um, the theme that they have given us is... Um, uh, <laughs> Let me look at this. Compassionate commitment. I had a while where I had to stop and think about that. Compassionate commitment. So what do you think that entails? Where's all that coming from? Well, we need to look back at the scripture to get a handle on it. First thing says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, to be holy simply means to be set apart for a special purpose. If we have been called to be set apart for a special purpose, that is when Christ lives in us. When he is there, that's what makes us holy. On December the 31st, I was reading my Jesus Calling book, and the devotional there says, I created you as a jar of clay set apart for sacred use. It was referring to Paul's second letter to the Corinthians um, in which he, well, let me just turn to it and I'll read it for you. He says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. And this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So once we are set apart and made holy, then we are truly God's people, called to be um, involved in the world. Now is not the time for us to 
lock our doors and run into our hidey holes. Now the world needs us as much as it ever has to stand up for what is just, for what is right, for what is good, for what is merciful. John Wesley fought in his day against child labor. He fought against working, workhouses. He worked against alcoholism and slavery. He didn't necessarily overcome any of those things, but he, he worked in them. He didn't just hide from them. He participated in means of getting through to people to help them find better lives. Uh, here in America, um, the circuit riders and some of the lay people of the day walked with the Cherokee Nation across the Trail of Tears when, when they were removed from, from their homes and put on reservations. Uh, we were part of the Underground Railroad that helped the, the runaway slaves find hope in, in the north part of the country. Uh, so Methodists have always stood ready to confront the issues that hound us today. They are, um, never have we been afraid to say, we need to make a stand, we need to work, we need to do the best we can to discern God's will and his way, and then we need to work for it. We don't just need to pull into ourselves. So, compassionate commitment involves us stepping out, making a stand, and doing it in love and with hope. Um, the Holy Spirit is what empowers us to work with assurance, boldness, compassion. You know, I say, we, uh, we who have been set apart, um, we're not set apart from the world. We are set apart to be in the world, right smack dab in the middle of the turmoil and the angst and the, the brokenness of our world. So we are um, a set apart people, sanctified by the spirit that is in us to work goodness in a world that is absolutely broken. So much of the world, well, let me read this next part. It says, um, how are we to participate as holy people? You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Well, that is not humanly possible. <laughs> Do you hear me? That is where our fragile clay jars come in. That's all we are, it's a jug. But we are filled with spirit, Holy Spirit power. Much of the world is full of this self self-preservation, self-vindication, self-gratification. We are called to live in that world and show a different way. I've often said we who are set apart 
have a foot in both worlds. We have one foot in the spirit world, and we have one foot right there in the world world. And it's really hard to keep our balance because we have jobs and we go to school and we go to committee meetings and we keep our homes and we babysit our grandkids and, and we go to sports events and there's a thousand things calling on us and that part of the world pulls us off balance. What holds us together and balances us is when we gather and we're able to worship together and study together and play together, have fellowship, and to know that there is a support group, a family, um, a, a church home. That is what gives us the balance that we need to be set apart and still be in the world. So, the last part says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Well, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us in all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And that is the call on us today. The United Women of Faith have called the church us, challenged us to be compassionate in our commitment, to show love and mercy where there is um, a need for justice. May that be so. So we thank you, Lord, for the message you have given us this day. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.